Welcome to Becoming. This is episode 86, Average is Still Amazing, with Leanne Norris. Welcome to Becoming, a podcast for teens and young adults, where together we are becoming more than we are and who we were always meant to be. We are your hosts, Tawny Beardall and Erica Peterson. Each episode will feature different topics to enhance your growth, help you see the world differently, and discover who you really want to become. If screen time has become a point of contention in your home, you need to hear about Better Screen Time. They have tons of free resources and amazing courses to help you and your family find the screen time harmony that you have been waiting for. If you're interested to see what type of courses they have, please click on the link in our show notes to learn more and use the code BECOMING to get 20% off of enrollment for this month only. Thank you for being here at Becoming today. We're so excited. We have one of our dear friends, Leanne Norris, with us today. Hi, Leanne. Thanks for being on Becoming. Hi, guys. We're so excited today because we're talking about a really interesting subject that we've been talking about for a long time, actually. We've had these conversations, and we love your take on this. So, Leanne, this is an interesting thought process, and I feel like it just brings a lot of happiness into your life. Why don't you kind of introduce us to this conversation that we've been having that we're getting everybody else into now? So I have a theory on life, and the way I try and live my life is I strive for mediocrity. (laughs) And sometimes people feel like that's like not trying, but for me, I know that someone's always going to be better than me at something. Someone's always going to be worse, and so I just want to be the best I can, but I don't want to worry about where everyone else is. That phrase kind of reminds me of I'm God's favorite. Like the first time I heard it, I was like, huh? (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) That episode we did with uh, Shanna Blackburn. So yeah, when you brought this up, I thought, what an interesting take. And we just kept discussing and I thought, so many teens need to hear this. I think in our teenage years is when the comparison really starts to be heavy in our lives. And that can be a really hard place to live in. So that's why I love your perspective so much. I think part of the reason I came up with it is I played basketball in high school and I've done sports. I have never in my life been the fastest runner. Like when we had to run lines, I was never the slowest, but I was sure back towards the back and I would hustle, hustle, hustle. And I was okay with it because I worked my hardest, but I wasn't the fastest. And no matter what I did, I was never going to be the fastest, but I knew if I worked hard, I was okay. I was a mediocre sprinter. (laughs) And that still was totally adequate for what you needed, right? Mm -hmm. So I have a daughter that is almost 17. And I have tried her whole life to tell her that when her friends do something great and something really awesome happens to them, that she should celebrate them. Because at the end of the day, like we have to celebrate when someone else has a success. And when someone else has something great happen to them, it doesn't mean something bad happened to you. It actually has nothing to do with you. It means something great happened to someone else. And I think as teens, and even as like moms, we are so much happier if we're happy when someone else succeeds and we can celebrate with them instead of being jealous or envious. I think this is such an interesting thought process because there is somebody who's typically at the top of the class, 
at the, you know, at the head of the race, there is somebody who happens to be the best, whether, you know, they've worked so hard and they've, you know, really built that up or they just have a natural gift or whatever. And if this isn't discouraging people from being their personal absolute best, but it's like more about finding the joy in your personal performance because I know I've seen people who were their absolute best in high school. They were the top of the team or whatever, and then they get out into the world, and then they really struggle with competing on a more national level or whatever, and sometimes they end up not doing the thing that they were blessed and are gifted to do because they can't handle the pressure that it is when, okay, there's somebody that's better than me and there's so few people that are going to be the very, very, very best. And not that they should stop striving for their personal best, but it's more about the joy. So maybe talk to us a little bit about your kind of experience with this. I just kind of, I love some of your personal perspectives on this. Well, I, a couple of years ago, I ran a half marathon. It was a personal goal, something I really wanted to do. And I'd ran some other sh- shorter races and I was just having so much fun. And I was asked a lot about if I was training for speed and, you know, how I did in the race competitively. And I was so proud of my time. I think I did like a 220. So I'm not fast, um, but I was so proud of how well I did. And it, it wasn't that I wasn't striving to do my best because I was striving to do the best I can. I always compete with myself to push harder and be better. But the girl who finished first of all the women was an hour faster than me. And her amazing like race took nothing away from me. I was super happy for her, but I was so excited for me that I accomplished a goal that I'd set. And so her hard work was really amazing. And my hard work was amazing. And then everyone who ran slower than me, they were amazing too. We all did good. We all did our best. And at the end of the day, I think that's what really matters is that we all try to like do our best. I love the gym. It's like my happy spot. And I'm always trying to lift heavier, push harder and do stuff. But if I look at the guy next to me, who's like, you know, squatting like 300 pounds, I could feel really inadequate. Mm-hmm. But I'm working really hard to do what I can do and the best to me. And we're not all built the same. We don't all have the same tools. I totally agree with that. And something that I like to bring up is this stay in your own lane analogy. And basically that we all have different cars. Our bodies are so different and unique. And we have different paths that we need to take in our lives in these different cars. So someone may have like a really sweet, incredible sports car that's super fast, but And I could admire that and be like, gosh, look how amazing that is. But maybe I need a Jeep with big old wheels because I'm going up a hill. I'm not needing to go fast. I have these big monstrous hills that I have to climb. And when I think about that, like, let us all just stay in our own lane and focus on what we have to accomplish for our own lives and just appreciate the body that we have. And it's built exactly the way that we need it to for where we're meant to go in our own in our own life you know, bringing this back to real life rather than just a car analogy. I think many of us begin to compare ourselves to others when we're not quite sure of who we are personally. And I think true happiness is found when we actually stop comparing ourselves to other people. And like I said, just recognizing that we are each so, so unique. And how can you possibly compare unique to unique? You know, we just can't do that. I think God blessed us with these individual gifts and talents and quirks that we all have 
to fulfill our personal missions on this earth. That's actually really true. Like God designed us all in our own unique ways. Something that in my life I've had different health struggles that have since the day I was born. And so I always felt like whatever I do physically, that I did a really good job. Anything that I come across that I'm able to do and work hard, whatever I do that I put my full effort into, I feel like I did a good job. You, you have your friends who are like naturally really smart. And I grew up in a house with brothers who were all very, very smart. And they got great grades and they, got, they graduated top of their class. It came easy for them. And then I was a kid who my parents had who loved everybody, was social, and school was harder. I graduated, but I wasn't going to do all the things my brothers did. But I've never felt bad about where I finished because I worked really hard and did the best I could. But I had different strengths than they did. So that's a super wise perspective. Did you always have that or did you struggle as a teen comparing yourself? So my whole life, I've marched my own drum. It is something I feel like God gave me like the gift of being happy with who I was and finding joy. Like that is something I think is actually a gift that I have. I was always happy to do something a little different. I knew when my brothers, you know, they were asking like SAT scores and how I did on stuff. And I'd always just kind of laugh and not tell them because I was a little embarrassed because I didn't do as well as them. But I also was like, I had more fun. Maybe that's really fair. (laughs) I totally know that about you, Leanne. I mean, you just have such a gift to just be unapologetically yourself. And the people who are drawn to you, it's just because it's just you. And I mean, that's why I love being around you. And you just have like this energy radiating from you. And it's like 100% you. It's not some facade. It's just definitely you. What is really difficult about this topic, which I know that we've talked about a little bit before is just like this competitive driven everything. I mean, school is driven that way. People are awarded based on their ability to compete and it just continues more and more and more. I mean, kids are brought up from such a young age driven to compete and like it's, there's some wonderful, wonderful things that happen through competition, but it is difficult for many people to separate themselves from that. So I would just maybe ask like, if that is something you struggle with, if you don't have that natural gift, like how do you start really sitting in that appreciation, really enjoying your accomplishments? Is there some practical tools that we can use to really notice our accomplishments and find joy in them? Even if they, even if that means you got last place every time in something. I think in our life as we like focus on what we can do and we recognize that other people having success, I think as you really start to like celebrate their success and recognize that, you know, if someone won the race, it doesn't mean you didn't do good. And I think if we can start to recognize that everyone's not out to get us, that they're okay, we're all allowed to succeed in something. And you might have this friend who's like an amazing artist and then you might be like an amazing athlete or you might be really good at studies. I mean, we're going to all have something. And when we start to recognize that we all have, have things that we succeed at, you know, there's things that come easy to us. There's things that we've worked really hard to be better at, but both things get to be celebrated. You know, and I find that I'm a pretty average person. I, I read a book once that said C is an average grade in school. And in life, we all live fairly average. I wouldn't say that um, at being a mom or most things I do, I'm an A student. I would say I get a C in a lot of things. 
but average is okay. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to be like A plus on everything. And so the pressure, so then we feel like we see everyone's only best instead of recognizing that they're going to give you like one thing that's amazing. We all have something that we are like, we are the A plus student at, but we don't get to be A plus on everything. And that's totally okay. I honestly think that when you start to begin to build the confidence in yourself and recognizing the different gifts that you had, and so you stopped comparing yourself to your brothers, you started growing this confidence in yourself. And when you do that, comparisons just begin to dissipate. They just don't even pop in your brain anymore. And to me, that is when I just felt like this magical change and shift in my paradigm happened when I became super secure in who I was personally. And now that I feel that way, I and like I said, the comparisons dissipated, I feel like I am a whole nother level of friend. I Instead of feeling bad about myself when my friend does something, I seriously can sit there and celebrate it with her. I can feel just as much joy for her. And when something wrong and sad has happened, I can sit in that pain with her as well, in that low place. It's created the space for me to become a much better friend. And that's what I've noticed has been the most beautiful thing about stopping the comparisons in my life. Just being able to sit with people where they are and to notice their unique beauty and their awesome qualities and recognizing that that doesn't take anything away from who I am. So I think along that lines, um, as you're talking about that, I have a, a situation I remember. I had a friend who would invite me to go do some different physical things. And you're like, oh, let's go bike or let's go do this. She's faster than me, which is so great. But when we'd go, it was always like, well, I normally do this so much faster. It made me feel bad because I was like, oh, I'm, I'm holding her up. Yeah. You're like, I, I normally so much faster when I do this. I do this, you know. Nobody wants to be told that. You know, I was out doing my best and my best wasn't as good as hers. And she made sure I knew it. And which that kind of made me go like, oh, okay. I'm not going to come next time. (laughs) I don't. (gasps) Yeah, exactly. What kind of a person do you want to be? Do you want to be someone that proves how good you are? Or do you want to be someone that includes someone in your life and you get to enjoy that together? And probably her whole motivation for that was receiving recognition probably for the things that she felt like she'd achieved that she probably wasn't feeling noticed for. And sometimes it feels like an attack, but probably it was really out of insecurity for her and wanting some recognition that way. So it's helpful though, to kind of see that and be like, you know, I want to be the kind of person that makes people feel like they're doing a great job, even if they're really not, you know, even if they're such a beginner, I'm going to say like, you did such a good job. I'm going to be the person who cheers you on. And I'm going to be the person who, when I don't do a good job, I'm going to laugh it off, praise myself, and continue to try instead of being the type of person that focuses so much on your performance compared to somebody else. Absolutely. I feel like when we're able to laugh at our failures, that we're able to accept a lot more things. Um, I had a time where I was 12 and I had to play the piano for a church thing. My first time, I froze and cried. (laughs) Because I like went to play once everyone started singing, I just messed up hugely. And I remember like crying and it took me some courage to try again. And I got better and better and better. It was hard. Like when we fail publicly, you have to like eat a little bit of like humble pie and you have Mm -hmm. to be like, okay. And for high school, I'm, I'm really lucky that I went to this tiny high school and my friends all let me be who I was. 
I was the girl who'd run across the basketball court in my cheerleading uniform and trip on the black line, you know, because it doesn't raise at all, but I tripped. <laughs> I'm the girl who would run up the stairs and fall going up the stairs. I'm also the girl who opened the door and slammed it in it, like, and it would hit me right in the forehead a number of times. <laughs> my senior year, I was playing basketball and I was not a guard. I was the center and I pretty much was under the basket and the girl was going past me and I reached over and stole the ball. And I never was in the right spot to steal the ball. And I took off running down the basketball court, running with the ball, not dribbling. <laughs> All the way, running as hard as I could. Like and you're then playing I was football. Like, I'm supposed to dribble. And I looked as I got called for a travel. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I never got the ball to like go down. I never stole. I never did any of this stuff. And That's so exciting. Was, you couldn't just not go with it. <laughs> oh, and so we just laughed about it. Everybody <laughs> laughed and they're like, Liam traveled. And I was like, yeah. And I, I did. Like, travel like two steps. I traveled like 10. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so This fun is in watch. high school, right? Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh. I, love it. I was a senior. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. And I grew up with a dad who played college and brothers who play. So it's not like I didn't play ball my entire life. Just a brain fart right there. <laughs> excitement, the excitement. Oh, that's amazing. I wasn't always very aware of what was going on, but my friends like were able to laugh with me and they didn't like shame me and be like, you're such a moron where they could have. And I, I feel like I, I grew up with friends who let me be like my own quirky self. And I guarantee that's because you did the same thing for them. And you looked for the light and beauty in them because that's what I've seen you do with everyone you're around. That's way too nice, but thank you. <laughs> it's true. Well, Leanne, I, I love having this conversation. Is there any like final thoughts that you have before we ask you our final question for the episode? I just want to make sure we didn't leave anything out. I think the biggest thing I can say is like in life, it's so easy to compare. It's so easy to feel like you're not enough. And, but I think when we just set back and we like do our best and recognize that our own personal best is really all we can do. We can't do anyone else's best. And there's enough other people who are their own person already. So we don't need to be just like anyone else. I'm the only Leanne Norris. And so I'm going to just embrace and be me because no one else is going to be like me when we can accept that. And I, I, I look at that even with like with our bodies. I mean, I'm six foot tall. I'm never going to be like that itty bitty thing because I'm six foot tall. We have everybody who compares like size and all these things. I think when we can accept like who we are and who like God designed us to be, we're like so much happier. I love that, Leanne. It reminds me of the little quote that says, a flower does not think of competing with the flower next to it. It just blooms. And we can all do that personally exactly where we are and just be able to marvel at each other as we all do our own thing. So Leanne, we ask all of our guests the same question and it is, if you could go back and tell your high school self one piece of advice, what would it be? I think if I could tell myself one thing, it would probably be to accept my body and to not try to fit into that size zero and to recognize like it is what it is and to enjoy like the gift of it more. I love that. I wish we could have told your teen self to listen to our better body love episode. <laughs> right? It is seriously is something that has changed me. Just having a love and appreciation for this physical body. Oh, it's the, it's a gift. If we can learn how to do that earlier, I think it'll change your whole life. 
yeah, I, I wish that we could all go back to our teenage self and be like, hey, you're okay. Yeah. Thank you so much, Leanne, for sharing your thoughts with us. I'm glad we've been able to have you with us today and be able to share this. And we, we all want to be encouraged to try harder and push ourselves but enjoy it. Enjoy your accomplishments. I think that that's just such beautiful advice and I loved learning from you today. Thank you so much. Thanks guys. Thank you. Better Screen Time has just created a new course specifically made to help families with teens. It's called Untangling Teens and Tech. The course gives you step-by-step -step tools to involve your teen to create healthy habits in tech use while helping you bring your family closer together. Interacting with tech is a life skill that should be taught, not ignored or over-controlled. If you want help teaching that skill, click on the link in our show notes and use the code BECOMING to get 20% off enrollment for a limited time only. 